the House come to order if members can take their seats. This budget is a huge job maker, and the number one solution to economic insecurity is a job. Hungry children can't learn, and it's our responsibility to try to help. Equality and opportunity. I believe most people are here because they want to do some good. And welcome to Capital Ideas. It's the podcast where members of the Majority Democratic Caucus in the Washington State House of Representatives sit down at the Capitol and talk about ideas. Those ideas today range from public safety and higher education to how lawmakers can make life easier for active duty military members and veterans and their families as well. The lawmaker on the other side of the mic today is 28th District Representative Mari Levitt. She just wrapped up her first year working for her constituents in DuPont, Lakewood, Stillicum, Anderson Island, University Place, Fircrest, Tillicum, and a chunk of Tacoma as well. Mari is a former military kid who grew up to be a small business owner, the deputy director of Pierce County Human Services, a PTSA leader, and with a doctorate in community college leadership, a college administrator for more than two decades. We've got her now, and it was our good fortune to grab a few minutes to talk with her about this newest chapter in her life. We recorded this on Thursday, October 10th, 2019 in Olympia, Washington, and it went like this. Representative Mari Levitt, I really appreciate you being here with Capital Ideas. Thank you, Dan. It's great to be here. This is your first term as a state lawmaker, so I think most of our listeners who don't live in the 28th District would be scratching their heads and saying, I wonder who Representative Mari Levitt is. Sure. Well, I'm a, I'm a mom. I think that's important to say. I'm a small business owner. My husband and I own a, a small business, a orthodontics practice. I'm a military kid. I grew up and my dad served in the Vietnam War and was in the Army for 24 years and traveled and lived all over the place. And we came to Fort Lewis because my dad was um, stationed at Fort Lewis. And, and um, that's how I ended up coming to Washington and stayed because I love the area and, and have gotten to see lots of states across our beautiful country and have discovered that I think Washington is one of the prettiest and, and, and have stayed and raised my family here. That military background plays pretty heavily now in your legislative work. I requested to serve on the Housing Community Development and, and Veterans Committee and also on the Joint Military Affairs and Veterans Committee, that's the House and Senate Joint Committee, because of the makeup of our district. We have one of the largest populations of veterans, retirees, and military families in the state, and we serve JBLM, which is Joint Base Lewis-McChord, but we also serve members of our National Guard at Camp Murray, and so it was really important for me to ensure that I had a focal point on not only our veterans and, and current service members, but in particular our military spouses who are often, you know, left um, and kind of raising their children as a single parent for periods of time, sometimes extended periods of time, because their spouse is off doing what they're asked to do and to serve. And so from my perspective, um, and certainly in the district, um, that's an important focus. I want to let you brag a little bit here. Five of your bills passed this year, three as the House version and two as Senate bills. That's unusual for a first-year lawmaker, and one of them specifically dealt with the amount of pay that National Guard members are going to receive during wildfire seasons. I don't think most people have a clue 
that National Guard members are even deployed to fight wildland fires. Right. With the increasing of fires, I think there were um, 840,000 acres burned, not this past season, but the season before. And more and more National Guard members are being asked to provide wildfire response service. Um, And the military, Washington State Military Department, had recognized, which the Washington National Guard is a part of, um, that those... um, the state firefighters were getting significant pay, more so than our National Guard members. And, and really, the, our Guard members were making less than a McDonald's worker for protecting our lives and our lands and, and our property. And so we needed to correct that. And the statute hadn't been changed for 30 years. And so now when our National Guard members go out and fight fires, at least they'll be compensated at a um, it's certainly not the rate that I think they should p- be paid significantly more if it were up to me, but at least they're going to get paid on par with our state firefighters, and they deserve to be. Congratulations. Thank you. I want to shift gears here. You have a doctorate in community college leadership, I believe. Where do you see our community and technical colleges headed in this economy we've got? Community and technical colleges in particular are able to respond um, and are nimble enough to respond to industry needs. So if there's a new industry or new workplace need in a community, they're able to provide training for that kind of program or they're able to ramp up programs in a much quicker way and in a faster speed than our research institutions um, just by the nature of a research institution are able to do. And so um, they they uh, evaluate trends and they um, respond to those trends in the community partnerships that they have. And so I think we are moving towards ensuring that we have expanded opportunities for career and technical education. And I think that's important because not everyone is going to be um, driven to do a baccalaureate pathway and nor should they. And quite frankly, many of the jobs and the skills labor that we're going to need, the 740,000 shortfall that we'll have in the next 10 years are going to be in the career and technical education field from high school and beyond. It's not just at post-secondary, but from high school and beyond, we're going to need to ensure that we have those kinds of programs available in rural and urban areas across our state. Your district has the distinction of having two fairly notable institutions that deal with problem citizens. One is the McNeil Island facility where sexual offenders uh, often are sentenced to do some time, and the other is Western State Hospital. What kind of things do you hear from your constituents? Is there a perception that there's a problem with people being released into your district? Is there a reality? We've been working, and those of us who, who live in the in the 28th and certainly serve in the 28th know um, all too well that um, there is a perception that there's a disproportionate amount of sex offenders who are released into Pierce County, and in particular, um, released to some neighborhoods in the 28th Legislative District. And so, you know, the stats bear out that there's a disproportionate amount. And part of it is that other counties haven't um, built up or ramped up, and Pierce County has been welcoming. And, and as a result, um, we are, are in the in the position of being challenged with how do we ensure that seniors and those who are disabled are treated with dignity and, and have ample opportunity for housing and those options, and also making sure that public safety is, is paramount and at the forefront. And so how do you balance those two interests out together? And, and I know that um, the Department of Social and Health Services and Department of Corrections are taking a look at that, and as well as working with adult family home providers to figure out a way that makes sense but also provides 
needs. Um, our community members and neighborhoods in particular, neighbors and residents, um, that they can feel safe to walk their family, you know, and, and take their dog for a walk or walk their kids around to the park and, and not feel that they aren't able to do that in a safe way. And so it's a struggle. Um, we are working with municipalities on that, and we've been working, again, with state agencies and, and identifying legislation that um, creates opportunity for community input and making sure that the community members feel that they have um, communication when those uh, releases occur in a timely and, and appropriate way. And then also that um, members in the adult family homes who are there um, also have notification and, and are aware of other residents that they may be living with and that their families are too. So it's a it's a balance to strike, and, and we're still trying to figure out what that might look like, but introduce legislation this past session and in um, a series of 1825 to 1828, and we'll continue um, to move to make sure that we uh, move those along. One came very close um, and was just about it in, in House Bill 1826, but we'll continue that work. Sticking with Pierce County here for a minute, Pierce County did really well in the transportation and capital budgets. You're a member of the Capital Budget mm -hmm. Committee, so congratulations. Pierce County had a good year um, on on both transportation and in capital. On transportation in the 28th Legislative District, we were able to get um, nearly $4 million to expand the DuPont Stillicum Highway. And if you've ever driven that, that stretch of road um, about 7.57, 7.58 in the morning, you'll know um, what I mean if you're a listener in the 20th Legislative District because you're sitting there. And, and so that will expand the highway. And, and oftentimes DuPont Stillicum Road is an offshoot. So if you're stuck in traffic on I-5, you get off and um, around that area and, and you travel that road. And so um, that was a multi-jurisdictional um, partnership with the county and with JBLM and, and even the Port of Tacoma um, to make that happen along with the state investment in dollars. JBLM certainly will get a, some attention. That corridor of, of I-5 um, has been a cluster if I may, for a very long time, and so um, we'll get those kinds of things. But in addition, on the capital budget side, um, we infused millions of dollars. We were talking about Western State, create a new facility for Western State and behavioral health um, really was a focus, um, and that certainly benefits the 28th Legislative District, and, and it'll also have a smaller footprint for Western State Hospital. Uh, we did a lot of work on parks and trail development in the 28th Legislative District um, that were really important. Community and Technical College has also benefited in our district and in Pierce County, um, and the University of Washington Tacoma got an infusion of dollars um, to create new programs and expand, whether it's a STEM um, facility in a brand new innovation building um, or whether it's on our community technical colleges to ensure that they can provide the programs that we know the need is coming in the industry um, to be able to provide those programs to get our, our workforce geared up and ready to, to take on those skilled jobs. This is what's called a short interim, although it's actually several months long, in which legislators are back in their districts doing work every day as legislators, but they're not here at the Capitol. One of the things that you've been doing that's kind of novel are coffee and conversation meetups with constituents who feel like getting a little bit of face time with one or more of their elected officials. Yeah, it's been really nice. I think as a representative, our responsibility is to serve those residents in our district. And, and um, you can't serve unless you know what their challenges are and, and um, are meeting them where they are. And so um, over the interim and, and actually started prior to the session ending, 
Um, we've been meeting, myself and Representative Kilduff have been meeting with folks from across our district, whether it's been in DuPont, University Place, Fircrest, Tillicum, Lakewood, and Stillicum, the town of Stillicum, uh, just to make sure that, um, one, we're hearing from folks, but then also that we're getting out and about to, to identify what the challenges are as we go into this next session. I think this is a perfect segue to kind of move toward the end. I know you've got other things on your docket today, but what are you looking at for this coming session, which begins on January 13th? Career and technical education certainly is going to be a focus um, because we need to expand those programs um, across our district and certainly across the state. Um, we're taking a look at um, how you infuse some of those programs um, from a dual enrollment or college in the high school perspective in the high schools. And, and what that would mean is that um, students who are taking those courses will have a a kind of um, advanced or accelerated opportunity to continue on into other programs um, and so that also from a taxpayer savings perspective the state isn't paying twice for the same kind of coursework and so any opportunity we can to expand college in the high school or dual enrollment programs I think we need to take a look at and that will certainly be um, a focus this upcoming session mentioned behavioral health you know western states part of our our district um, and behavioral health there's an opiate um, epidemic as we know in pierce county um, and um, we have a shortage and we have a shortage of community services in our county and um, and in the 20th legislative district and so behavioral health will continue to be a focus um, and also you know we've um, there have been a lot of stories so we had a young man who um, was killed on our tracks from who tried to you know seek out help at a, a local psychiatric private psychiatric hospital and and didn't get the help he needs and so we'll be taking a look at um, psychiatric hospitals private psychiatric hospitals and whether that we need to do um, increased fines or have some kind of state oversight but just really identifying what those challenges are to take a look at that um, veterans you know are the 20th legislative districts and, and their service um, services from their families as well because I, I consider them service members also we'll be taking a look at how do we um, support our military spouses and and ensure that they have career and, and employment opportunities as well as housing and child care options and so there'll be a range of things that we're looking at um, certainly in a short session and it might be fairly ambitious to to get all of that through but we certainly want to continue the work that we've started and, and we'll continue to focus on those issues as well. Representative Mari Levitt, I really appreciate you joining Capital Ideas today. And I think that we're going to need to talk some more. Maybe after this so-called short session that's coming up, we can get together again and find out how your first two sessions stacked up in terms of what you expected and how things really turned out. That's always an interesting topic. That would be great. And, and perhaps then we can also talk about um, the importance of our small businesses. And we have a lot of small businesses in our district. And I consider small businesses the backbone of our economy. And they're struggling right now to make ends meet and to take care of their families. So that would be an important conversation to have. I think we just started it. Okay. Thanks Thank for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks, Mari. Thank you. Well, that wraps up another installment of Capital Ideas. If you're already a subscriber, that's good news. And if you're not, you really should be. It's your state government, and the more you know about it, the better you can make it work for yourself, your family, your community, and the entire state. I'm Dan Frizzell for the Washington State House Democrats, putting people first since 1889. Thanks for listening. Thank you.